The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Charlottesville, I'm Megan Moore. Civil engineer Veronica O. Davis recently released a book called Inclusive Transportation, a manifesto for repairing divided communities. Those divisions are largely through black and brown communities, which were carved up when the federal government built the interstate highway system in the 1950s, the same way I-95 divided Richmond's Jackson Ward. Reporter Ian Stewart spoke with Davis as part of the VPM News Healthy City series. Veronica Davis, thanks for talking to me today about your book. You have a personal connection with a community being torn apart for highway construction. Can you tell me about that? Part of what I share about in my book is my family's story. My mother's from East Baton Rouge. And when she was in high school, my grandparents' house, the house that she grew up, was taken in order to build what is now I-10. For me as a child, I used to go visit my great-grandmother. She lived on the same block, and her house was not taken. I went to her house underneath the highway. But it just goes to show that these divided highways, it can feel so far away, but we're really not that far removed. My mom is still very much in her right mind and remembers the whole process, as well as her high school being torn down for I-10. And so I share a lot of that in my book to say, I'm not that far removed from these things that happen. You break down thoughts around the theme and slogan of war on cars. Should there be a war on cars? I think cars have their place. If you look at each individual and you can understand why they take a car, it's because there is no other alternatives in some cases, particularly for people who may live in a rural area or suburban area. I don't have any other options. Or two, the other options aren't reliable or don't get me to where I need to go. And so I think that the more we can provide multiple options for people, you will see that people will start making different decisions. And that may not be an everyday thing. It may be, oh, you know what, I'll go ahead. I don't have to drop the kid off at daycare, so I may take the bus today. Or I don't need to do this, so I may bike today. But the problem is, is that when you don't give people options, then they are going to choose a car. And if we continue to widen our transportation, you know, highways and all of that, then there's really no incentive for me not to drive because I was in traffic and now I'm not in traffic anymore. And just I just want to mention a couple of messages that I loved in your book. One of them was there should be a mutual understanding and respect that we are all sharing the same space on the roads. Absolutely. And just a little teaser. I opened my book with this. I shared one of my favorite shows was The Good Place. And so it was all about, you know, what we owe each other. It comes up. And the problem is within the United States of American context is there is an erosion of a mutual understanding that we are all going to abide by the rules while we are in this shared space. And when you look at the traffic fatalities, when you look at serious injuries, it's easy to blame the infrastructure. And don't get me wrong, the infrastructure is absolutely overbuilt in almost every city, urban area, suburban area. It is overbuilt. However, there's also a behavioral piece that really needs to be tackled. And it's not just distracted driving. It's not just uh, drunk driving. It is just a almost a lawlessness 
um, that is happening on the roads where people are just, I mean, I see it all the time on videos. People are just running the lights. And I don't know how you heal that. Uh, that is beyond my understanding. Maybe I'll go back and get the degree in psychology or something or sociology. We just have to tackle the behavior. It is just an erosion of that social contract that as we exist in this space that you're going to stop at the red light and I'm going to stop at a red light. And when we don't do that, that's how people die. Well, Veronica O. Davis, I want to thank you again for talking to me today. It's been a real pleasure. And I hope I get to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. That was VPM News reporter Ian Stewart speaking with author Veronica O. Davis. For more stories from our Healthy City series, go to vpm.org healthy. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at myvpm. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.